0: In this week's episode of Farmers Inside Track, if you're a high school or university graduate considering a career in agriculture, landing an internship in the sector could be your perfect next move. Find out where and how you can apply today.
1: And you don't want to miss out our brand new campaign called Work Accident Support by Stefan Peterson.
0: This week's hashtag Soil Sister, powered by Food for Zanzi and Coteva Agriscience, is Noma Tamsanga Jonase, born and raised in Soweto. She now farms vegetables in Mahikeng in the northwest.
1: Dr. Theo de Jager, the board chairperson of SAI, unpacks the new 24-hour hotline that farmers can access for labour-related matters.
0: Our book of the week, Farming While Black by Leah Peniman. The author's objective is to connect people of colour to the spirit of the land. And
1: our Farmer Tip of the Week comes from Lily Kumape. From her own backyard, she is on a mission to educate future generations about the relationship between food gardens and food security.
0: This is Farmers Inside
2: Track, supported by food from Mzansi. Inspiration for your
0: business and life. From South Africa's farmers and agripreneurs. Hey, I'm Zanzi. Welcome to episode 74 of Food Foodform Zanzi's weekly podcast called Farmers Inside Track. I'm your host, Dawn Numdu, the editor for audience and engagement at Foodform Zanzi.
1: And I'm Duncan Masua, and thanks for listening to South Africa's most downloaded farmers podcast.
0: First up, how to land an internship in the agri sector. Journalist Nicole Ludolph chats to Judy Stewart, an award-winning dairy farmer who founded Future Farmers Group around 2007 to give youth a chance to excel in agriculture. Judy Stewart is an award-winning dairy farmer who founded the Future Farmers Group around 2007 to give struggling youth a chance to excel in agriculture. So Judy, can you tell us a bit about how you started Future Farmers?
3: I used to be a dairy farmer. In about 2006 and before that, actually, I was taking children to youth shows to show heifers. And while I was doing this, I got to know other children who were showing animals. Amongst them were the young people from Zaki Agricultural School. There were quite a few of them showing. And they were very successful. They were selected for the provincial team. They handled their animals well. And they were passionately interested in what they were doing. Three of the boys were about to matriculate. And I said to them, what are you going to do after you leave school? Are you going to go to Sadara, Or are you going to go to university? What sort of career are you going to follow? And all three of them said that they didn't think that They could get into these institutions either because their marks weren't good enough or because they didn't have the funding to do it. So I said, well, are you going to go and work on farms then and develop your careers that way? And they said it would be almost impossible for them as school leavers with no experience to get onto farms. I knew these young people and I knew their passion and I thought, well, what a terrible waste. It was really scary to think that there are these amazing young people out there who just don't have a chance to get into the agricultural sector, but they've got the love to work with plants and animals. What I did is I said to them, you know, you don't have any money. I don't have money either, but you've got passion and I know farmers. And so I went around the farmers that I knew and I asked them if they would take on these young people to teach them, Farming, And I said, the advantage to you is that these young people really want to work. They really want to work on farms. They love animals and it's their passion. And eventually I managed to get all three of those lads onto farms. That is basically how Future Farmers started. It wasn't, I didn't go out there to start an organization. I went out there to help three young people. following year their friends find me, three or four of their friends find me and I help them.
0: Do you have any tips for potential apprentices applying to future farmers?
3: I think one of the most important things for a person coming to future farmers is that they need to know what they want to do. We have people coming to us and saying they've got a diploma in agricultural management. Now there are so many sectors in agriculture and they don't know what they want to do. They're certainly not equipped to manage anything because they don't have the experience and they don't have the knowledge. But I think the most important thing here is to understand that doing broiler chickens is not the same as layers. Doing chickens is not the same as beef. And beef isn't the same as vegetables. They are vastly differing careers, really. So we need to know what do you really love doing. It's important as well to work hard, to be committed, to ask a lot of questions and learn from your peers, the other laborers that are working there, managers, whoever's there, talk to them and get as much information as you can from them. Reference letters are what get jobs for you. So if you can go to a farmer and the previous farmer that employed you says, wow, this person is fantastic. You know, he's reliable, he's committed, he loves his work. The next farmer is gonna say, I want one of those. Another thing that I would suggest is that Future Farmers offers workshops on Zoom and these cover a variety of topics such as how to write a professional email, how to prepare a CV, and also we cover things like how to prepare for a job interview how to behave at an interview we give you a lot of tips that are going to help you to find employment these zoom sessions are free as long as you can come join us on zoom it's not going to cost you anything other than some time
0: what career advice do you have for potential farmers who have completed their apprenticeships
3: Just remember to do more than is required. A lot of people have the approach that they're getting a salary and they're going to do the least amount of work possible. The other thing is, if you've got spare time, volunteer. So we've had cases, for example, on dairy farms where people have milked cows early in the morning and then they go off from about seven o'clock to about one or two o'clock. And those people have come back to the farm in the morning to help with vaccinating heifers or to help with other things. And what they're doing is they're just adding to their experience and their knowledge. They don't have to do it, they do it because they want to and because they're interested. These are things that employers are going to notice and really appreciate.
1: Now don't forget to check out the additional information and opportunities in the article published on www.foodformzanzi.co.za. Thanks, Nicole. Next up, our brand new campaign, Work Accident Support with Stefan Peterson. Now, Stefan's company is based in Pretoria and assists South African businesses with the consultation and administration of at-work accidents. And with a particular focus on the agricultural industry, he now joins us to discuss the compensation for the Occupational Injuries and Diseases Act.
0: Stephen it's great to have you with us here on Farmer's Inside Track. Thanks for the
4: opportunity.
0: Now you have more than 20 years experience in the specific field where you have helped several farmers in the agricultural industry sort out various problems with regards to the occupational injuries where you've helped various farmers deal with issues regarding the occupational injuries and diseases act. Maybe we can start with that Stephen what is the compensation for the occupational injuries and diseases act all about
4: let's make an example for instance a guy in paul is called pity he bought a piece of land and he wants to start a farming operation obviously i mean there's a lot of work going into it and he will need some assistance so we appoint a couple of workers to help him once he got a couple of guys together he must register his business within seven days with the Department of Labor's compensation fund, that is basically to cover his workers if they are to get involved in an accident. And these workers can also include seasonal workers, specifically for the farming industry. For the purposes of this act, the Compensation for Occupational Injuries and Diseases Act, this industry consists of four different categories. One of the industries are called sugar and tea farming, mixed farming livestock farming, as well as tillage and forestry. So these categories normally are associated with a specific tariff and is used to calculate the account payable to the compensation fund by the farmer once they are dealing with their registration.
0: Now, Stephen, once a farmer has now registered a company, what will the next step be? And I'm actually wondering if many farmers know about this act. So maybe you can just take us through that as
4: well. From my experience, there's quite a number of companies out there who don't know about this legislation. But unfortunately, there are those as well who know about it, but not following the prescribes of the Act to register. Let's assume the company is registered now. And then what the company has to declare, they have to tell the fund from the date of registration until February the following year. This is what the company believes. They will be paying in salary because this is a provisional amount, so they can't exactly say how much will they be paying. So the fund will use that information to calculate what they call an assessment, which the company has to pay. And that will cover them basically until February the next year. Why February? February is when the financial year ends of the compensation fund. And that is why you have to declare it until February the next year. And if we can also have a, a kind of an example, let's say in our example, Pity is a livestock farmer and the wages that he declares is 500,000 rand per annum. So the rate of this particular category is 2.15 for every 100 rand in wages that Pity is paying to his workers. So the fund will take his wages, they will multiply that by the rate, which is 2.15 and they will divide it by 100 so then the account that PT should pay within 30 days once he receives it is 10,750 rand. So
0: it's very accurate and there isn't a lot of complication as to what the farmer will be paying at the end of the day. Stephen, what happens if the specific farmer, and in your example, you refer to this farmer as PT, cannot afford to pay this amount as he's only starting his business? How does that work?
4: At least one option is that pretty well his business can go to the fund and make a payment arrangement with the fund. So he can apply to pay this amount off in a number of months. But what is very important, he has to apply for it within 30 days before the due date. If he does not apply within 30 days, they will penalize him for the late payment. So it's very important that he knows within 30 days, but he can apply over an extended period of time. make this payment.
0: And this person obviously has to determine this based on the predictions he made for the income that he was going to receive for that specific year. There's lots of shortfalls. Farmers can't really bank on this amount of money coming in. Yes, they can make predictions, but what if there's like a serious setback that this farmer is experiencing? Do they then use that as an example for not being able to pay the fund at the specific time?
4: This amount which is going to be calculated will be payable immediately when he registers with the fund. So he makes this prediction what he thinks will be paid out. So come next year, after February, then basically he has to re-look at his figures and then he will confirm to the fund to say, from the date of registration up until now, I actually paid only, say, eight or 7,000 rand for the wages. Then they will recalculate the amount for the following year. So there will be then a kind of a readjustment when they do calculate the actual earnings next year. To cover these workers for the period when he registered, he has to declare what he believes will be the amount more or less.
0: And once this farmer has now paid this amount, what is it that they should know? Is there anything that needs to be taken into account at this point?
4: Yeah, once he paid the account either in full, or he made an arrangement to pay it off over a period of time, then his company will be regarded to be in good standing. So then a letter of good standing will be issued confirming his account is up to date, or he made at least an arrangement to pay it off. And then as we go about, he can get a visit from an inspector from the Department of Labor. And those are one of the requirements or those are one of the documents which he has to provide to that labor inspector to prove that he is in good standing. Or in the event that you would like to apply, say, for a business loan to expand operations on the farm, There's also the kind of documentation which he can provide to the bank to show and prove that his payments are up to date in terms of this legislation. And that is also how the bank can assist him. Important to notice, this is a process that must be followed on an annual basis where he has to declare his earnings and then it will be issued with an account and then he has to make payment on that account. And very, very important also to note is we are at that time of the year where all companies have to declare the annual, what they call the official name is return of earnings. The due date is actually on the 31st of May 2021, failure for companies to submit the return of earnings, they will be penalized at 10% on the assessment amount on the account payable. And furthermore, if they do fail to pay it within the 30-day period, then an additional 10% will be issued in their favor for the late payment of the account by the compensation fund. So
0: it's important that from the get-go once, Any farmer of any farming operation, whether you're farming on a small scale or whether you've established a bigger farm, make sure that the specific paperwork is completed and that they are able to adhere to those strict deadlines that you have just explained. Yes. So, Stephen, before we let you go, I know that you mentioned in the beginning that this is something that every farmer should know about and should already be aware about. But if not, and they need assistance, how would they go about reaching out to someone like you when it comes to the compensation for the Occupational Injuries and
4: Diseases Act?: Yeah, there's numerous ways that they can contact me. We do have a website, uh, www.workaccident.co.za, where they can contact me via email, which is support at workaccident.co.za, and also either via WhatsApp or phone call the CR number064. is 064. 360
0: This has been a really insightful discussion with you. And I know that we'll be doing this over a course of a period where we're running this campaign with you. And it's really exciting to be able to connect with you on this specific topic. What will we be chatting about next?
4: Unfortunately, this industry has got the most number of work accidents within the last two years. But that's understandable because this is where number of farmers on farms and then also just the risk of getting injured. So what we'll be focusing on is basically the benefits payable in terms of this act once someone gets injured. So we will see this is not only when you get injured, but in the unfortunate case, if someone passed away as a result of an accident, then we can look at those benefits payable.
0: Stephen, I'd like to thank you once again for joining us. This is going to be a campaign that we're running here on Farmers Inside Track. It's work accident support with Stephen Peterson, and he's our expert talking about a range of topics, and we look forward to our next discussion.
4: So thank you very much for this opportunity. One can focus on this topic. is Unfortunately, this industry suffered the most accidents of the employees, the farmers. Well, that is because of their risk, what they face on a daily basis by working on the fields, and also just the sheer number of, of, of workers in this industry. So one can focus on the benefits payable if a farm worker gets involved in a work accident.
0: No, definitely something vital that every farmer should know. So thank you so much, Stephen, and we look forward to the next engagement. Thank you very
4: much for this opportunity.
0: Thanks again for joining us, Stephen Peterson, founder of Work Accident Support. His company, based in Pretoria, assists South African businesses with the consultation and administration of at-work accidents and with a particular focus on the agricultural industry. On to other news here on Farmers Inside Track. Umzanzi farmers with any labour issues now have a 24-hour access line to lawyers who are there to provide them with advice or assistance. This has been made possible by a partnership formulated by the Family Farming Organization, the South African Agri-Initiative and Employers Organization, and the National Employers Association of South Africa. Dr. Theo de Yacher, board chairperson of SAI, unpacks the new 24-hour hotline farmers can now access for labor-related matters. Maybe you can start by telling us why did you feel the need to develop this specific service?
5: SAI is a network organization taking care of the interests of family farmers. A family farmer in South Africa is not big or small, rich or poor, black or white, or well-established or a newcomer to the industry. It's a family eking out a living from the farm. Apart from expropriation without compensation and the threat of farm attacks, farm murders and of course rampant crime statistics in rural areas, especially on farms such as stock theft, copper theft, crop theft and other crimes. The issue of labour relations is one of the biggest threats to the profitability and the sustainability of family farming. Although agriculture in the sense of primary production covers only for more or less 2.5% of the GDP, it box way above its weight when it comes to job creation. We create more or less 11% of the jobs in the formal sector. And this is why agriculture is so vulnerable to labor action. Different, a factory or a mine which can close its gates or lock its doors until a strike is over. Strikes in the agricultural sector usually occurs during harvest time and farmers simply cannot afford that. Farmers are also vulnerable in terms of the safety on their farms when it comes to labour action. And this is why we found the utter importance to get the best possible service to farmers to advise them on how to deal with labor disputes and how to structure their labor. We also foresee more job losses because of unaffordable minimum wages and mechanization in the industry, which on the one hand, of course, will cause more instability and poverty in the rural areas, but on the other hand, it will increase the efficiencies and therefore, the profitability of the sector. It is to manage this uncertain future that SAI has partnered up with the National Employers Association of South Africa, which is the biggest single stakeholder on the employers' side. And each member of SAI today has all the benefits of the members of NIASA, which inter entail alia entails access to a 24-hour hotline where they can get advice from qualified labour lawyers on how to deal with labour matters.
0: Dr De Jager, who will benefit and how long will this hotline be available?
5: This agreement between SAI and the National Employers Association of South Africa is to the direct benefit of each one of our members. Every member is now in fact also a member of the National Employers Association with full member benefits, though it will cost them nothing more than the monthly membership to sign. The agreement is an open-ended one. It has not been signed for a certain period or so. It is a partnership and in its nature it is open-ended. To the benefit of Niasa, the National Employers Association of South Africa, they can now also enter platforms such as netlac or other um, public engagements claiming to have proper footprint in agriculture as our members are also now part of the constituency and this is something they've never had before they were very strong in the manufacturing and in the retail sector in tourism but they have not been involved in the agricultural sector before.
0: And if you could change the way the agricultural space is organized between workers and farmers to make the power levels more equal, what will you do?
5: If the question is how to make the power levels more equal on farms, one must keep in mind that a farm usually has a very flat hierarchy. You have an owner who is more often than not and always in our constituency also the manager of the farm because our constituency is family farmers and then you have a few supervisors supervising teams. We have certain areas in South Africa where in the less extensive areas such as the livestock farmers in the Karoo, in the Kalahari in the southern parts of the Free State or Southern Cape where you have a big farm with very few workers, two or three workers at most. But then you have the labor-intensive areas such as the low low-field region, the high-potential soils, the vegetable and fruit farmers, where you have up to 1,200 workers. And they are organized in teams and those teams would have supervisors. Now, if you want to have a more equal level of power, it means you must have more decision makers. You need to have more supervisors. It sounds a bit like the government sector. We don't need any more of the efficiencies that comes from that sector. So no, a farm is a business and power levels in the business is according to the kind of authority and responsibility you need to take and the accountability you can prove if we need more equal levels of power we start at how we teach maths and science on a primary school level so that we can have more people going into universities to graduate in positions where they can make a proper contribution to the economy by becoming job creators and entrepreneurs there is nothing equal between a job creator and an employee They are fundamentally different. There is nothing equal between somebody who has no education at all and who cannot even speak English or Afrikaans, and the owner of a multinational company. And it all starts with education. And education starts unfortunately with the quality of teachers. And something went terribly wrong in rural South Africa when it comes to the commitment of teachers. So where to start? I would say, let's start by the way we recruit people into this profession of teaching entrepreneurship from the very first year children into school.
0: And then my last question is, farmers need workers and people working on farms like what they do and where they live. Why is there so much conflict in some communities and the relationships are easier in other communities?
5: The world became a very small place for farmers. Every farmer is every day in competition with the best other farmers in the world. And our produce, food, fiber, fuel flows across international boundaries as if it is water going through mesh. In this competitiveness productivity is one of the most determining factors. Farmers always look at the productivity of workers before they would appoint them and before they would promote them. Productivity comes from more than just commitment. It is also about the skill set needed to manage and work on a modern farm.
0: Thanks so much for joining us, Dr. Theo De Yager, board chairperson of SAI.
6: Agriculture is not just about farming. It's about caring and that's an ideal worth preserving. It's yummy. It's good for you. And the whole family loves it. It's Grain-Filled Chickens, proudly South African and mouth-wateringly delicious. Discover a world of tasty goodness and visit Grain-Filled Chickens the or like our Facebook page for more. Grain-Filled Chickens, a proud member of VKB. VKB, for the love of the land.
1: Now for our book of the week as chosen by our farmers. This week we'll we are looking at a book titled Farming While Black by Leah Pennyman. Now the author's objective is to connect the people of color back to the spirit of the land. The book includes a little bit of everything any black farmer or aspiring black farmer could possibly need. Terry Ann Browers, the winner of Food from Zanzi's sine with citizen journalism program, reviews this book.
7: Hi Dawn and Duncan. Today I will be reviewing the book Farming While Black by Leah Penniman. The author's objective is to connect people of color back to the spirit of the land. The book includes a little bit of everything any black farmer or aspiring black farmer could possibly need. The author speaks about the fact that some of the most valued and sustainable farming practices have roots in African wisdom. With 16 insightful chapters, The book explores the practical and business aspects involved in being a black farmer. Some chapters include finding land and resources, planning your farm business, restoring degraded land, feeding the soil, as well as crop planting and seed keeping. These are but a few of the amazing topics explored in this book. Throughout the book, the author includes what she calls uplift sidebars. These sidebars are there to help elevate the wisdom of the African diasporic farmers. This book is really special as it teaches the fundamental acts of growing food and growing community. It also reminds black farmers that they are the pioneers, trailblazers and visionaries of farming and agriculture.
0: Thanks, terri Browers. Remember, you can email info at zanzi.co.z if you want to suggest the next book of the week. Life in South Africa can be a lot.
2: I mean, scroll through Twitter for a minute and tell me I'm wrong. Thank God for South Africans though, right? We're inspiring and even on the bad days, we fight back with a smile. That's why I love Food Form Zanzi so much. They're not ashamed to celebrate the ordinary unsung heroes Work every day to put food on our nation's tables. Go to foodformzanzi.co.za and never miss an inspiring story.
0: You're tuned into Farmers Inside Track, proudly brought to you by Foodform Zanzi. Powered by Corteva Agri Science, we are now introducing you to an extraordinary woman farmer participating in a year long blended development program at the Gibbs Business School. This week, we meet Nomadhamsanga Jonyase. Born and raised in Soweto, she now farms with vegetables in Mahikeng in the northwest. This farmer dreams of one day spreading her wings to cattle farming and to employ more people from her community to decrease unemployment. Let's start by you telling us where and how your farming journey started, Noma Tamsanga.
8: Greetings, my name is Noma Tamsanga Tionase. I was born and bred in Soweto. My farming journey started at a young age when I used to visit my grandfather at a farm in Mokwaning near Kwamshanga. We started farming vegetables. We started with millies, we started with spinach, easy things that are eatable and are not hard to plant. And little did I know that it would be a career for me. When we were planting, I still remember, in Mokhwaneng, some days were very hot because the place is very hot. But within a matter of six weeks, we would see uh, the spinach uh, would then be harvested. And that's how my journey started.
0: And what are some of the toughest lessons you've learned along the way? Some of my
8: hardest lessons that I've learned is that if you do not have patience within the farming industry you won't make it you also need to have the drive you have to persevere in everything that you do i still remember when i planted uh, green peppers and they wouldn't grow or when they were uh, seedlings they died and you know i had to replant i had to persevere so some of the hardest lessons are that you go get what you want and I've learned that failing during the process is a learning curve and one shouldn't be too hard to themselves. Some other things are that when you are in the farming industry you, you still need to learn quite a lot and your most reliable sources would be people that have done, done it and that have been there. So those are the most two important lessons I've learned, patience and perseverance
0: and do you have any advice to other women entering the farming arena
8: my advice to other women is that let's be innovative the world is changing we no longer plant on soil and all of that we're going hydroponic and be innovative in your business know your business go out, source information out there from other people that are willing to help and persevere and have patience in everything that you do. Your passion would then make you successful.
0: Thanks so much for joining us, Vegetable Farmer Nomatamsanga Dyonase.
8: Thanks Nomatamsanga.
1: I can't wait to hear who's next on our Soil Sisters campaign powered by Quatever AgriScience. Remember to stay tuned for our farmer's tip of the week from Backyard Gardener Nelly Kumape. But on a lighter note, Chef Tefo Mokoro believes food is a creative conquest that tests both patience and ingenuity. He shares his secret to cooking the perfect Mzanzi home-cooked meal. I think every family have their
9: own unique secret ingredient and it varies. When you talk of the Indian culture, they have their own special masala and the Asians, they have their own fish sauce and stuff like that. But as a South African, I won't lie to you. The basics of having barbecue spice <laughs> from Robertson, barbecue spice, onion and tomato. I think this is what 90% or most South Africans use on their dishes. And this is the perfect thing that becomes a secret, but it's not a secret because we all know that it's, it's the main thing that we use. Barbecue spice is a bit of onion and tomato. It makes that perfect gravy, that perfect stew and adds a bit of soul to it. And I believe that that's a South African secret that a lot of people don't know and don't talk about. Hope people would love it and people will share their opinion as well on what they think.
0: Be sure to check out our weekly interviews and recipes with inspiring chefs, foodies and home cooks on foodformzanzi.co.za.
6: Agriculture is not just about farming. It's about caring, and that's an ideal worth preserving. It's super fresh, it's super soft, and it makes a meal a treat. It's supershaw sure bread and SuperShore flour. A proud member of the VKB group. From breakfast to lunch and even birthday cakes, Supershaw sure makes the whole family smile. Find Supershaw sure on Facebook or visit vkb.co.za for more info. VKB, for the love of the land.
1: We've just about reached the end of this week's Farmer's Inside Track episode. But before we let you go, our Farmer Tip of the Week comes from Nelly Kumape from her own backyard. She is on a mission to educate future generations about the relationship between food gardens and food security.
2: My farmer tip is about pest control. The challenge that we normally have in the gardens or that most people would have in their gardens, especially like with pests, like for example, the spinach, the cabbage most, What we have learned here is us following the permaculture way and organic way, we do not buy chemicals. So what we do in every crop that we plant, we use an onion as our pest control. Then far from onion, we have learned about the crops of same family, not family, the crops that we can plant together and not together. For example, cabbage course is liked by pests, so do not plant other plants which are not of one family with the cabbage. For example, do not mix your spinach with the cabbage because the pest of cabbage then will go to the spinach, then we will end up not reaping anything. So what you need to do, plant your onion around your cabbage and also you can use organic pest control. You can plant garlic around your cabbage or for example, you can make a mixture. You take a ginger, you take a garlic, you take a pepper, all kinds of peppers, then you immerse them in water. Then you pour on your cabbage so that the pests can go away. The other thing is also to intercrop. If this year here you've, you've planted cabbage, the other season do not plant cabbage so that those pests that were still there that were eating cabbage if they're still there. If you plant cabbage again, they're still gonna eat your cabbage. So try to rotate as you rotate as you plant for your new season. Where you have planted cabbage this season, plant spinach or something so that the pest does not affect that cabbage again.
0: And Nelly Komapes' farmer tip of the week brings us to the end of this week's Farmers Inside Track. Proudly brought to you by Food Zanzi. for Zanzi. Food daily inspirational stories about the farmers and agriculturalists who go above and beyond to feed South Africa, visit www.foodformzanzi.co.za or follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram.
1: Yes, of course. And remember, if you love this podcast, please rate it and share it with your friends, family members and fellow farmers. The Farmers Inside Track is available for free on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. And of course, not forgetting foodformzanzi.co.za.
0: From me, Don Numdu, Duncan Masiwa, Nicole Ludolf, Noluta Nungakani, Terry Ann Browers, and the rest of the Food for Zanzi team, have a great week, and please let's continue to keep each other safe during the COVID-19 pandemic.
10: Corteva is in it for farmers, for good. As a company solely focused on agriculture, we understand the impact of climatic and soil diversity, the unique requirements of each region, each farmer, each crop, and the need for sustainability. To this, we apply our global mind. With 5,000 researchers in more than 130 countries, ensuring farmers of advanced seed technology and guarding growing investments through innovative crop protection. Local investment includes research facilities on par with the best in the world and the largest private insectary in Africa. Advanced genetic breeding is combined with intense trials, testing and refinement in different bioclimatic zones to bring forth the best in-class products. Beyond in-seed value, our on-seed applied technology on farm crop protection, digital and agronomic solutions are all designed to optimize farmers' productivity, profitability and sustainability. Because by being wholly devoted to agriculture, we have a deeper understanding of farming, the needs of our farmers, and the country's need for farmers. This is what drives our researchers to find new avenues for sustainable growth. It is the reason for having state-of-the-art seed production technology on home ground. Our motivation for creating effective locally proven solutions to protect land and crops with care for the future. This is the world of Corteva in South Africa growing progress, enriching lives now and for generations to come? Corteva, keep growing.
3: You've been listening to the Farmers Inside Track podcast, supported by Food Forms Zansi. For more information, Find us on www.farmersinsidetrack.co.za.